Off. Good morning. Welcome to the Stochastic.com NBA Strategy Show. Apologies for the delay. Some technical difficulties. No, yeah, David Technically, Eckenbach. Jordan sucks at this. You know what? I appreciate you being blunt there because otherwise this would be squarely on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Despite no responsibility of my own. That's you know me, I love being blunt. <laughs> if you're in our premium Discord, I think that has become very evident at this point. Yes. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Three-game slate to close out the week, heading into the All-Star break. We won't have basketball until next Thursday, so a week from today. Yes. A week from today, we will return. Coming off a 12-game slate, a weird one, no less. Yeah. Uh, real weird. Lamar Stevens being one. You were talking about it before the show. Played like 21 you- minutes, and 20 of them came in the second half. Yeah. He played the final 10 minutes of the game. Closed over Santi Aldama. Amazing. Charlotte Charlotte got another convincing victory as well. Beat, beat the shit out of Atlanta. Nikola Jokic just decided that the All-Star break started yesterday. Yeah, he's got <laughs> a, he's got his mind on a horse race. Yeah. Serbia. A horse race and a pig farm. He played 39 minutes too. I know. What's really I, think- I mean, he was plus 1. But he was it less than a fantasy point per minute? Uh, sounds about right. I mean, I could. Nah, look, that, uh, let's find out. I could I, eyeball I his. I could eyeball his box score and just tell you. But yeah, point nine. Yeah, not That'll probably be game. his worst game of the. That's probably his worst game of the year. Yeah, going away. Particularly from a per minute standpoint, yes. He had five boards. Yeah, it was a it was a weird game. He shot. What did he shoot? Like four for fifteen or something. He was six of 17. Close enough. Over six from three. Yeah, tough game. Mm. But we got three games to get into today. Milwaukee, Memphis, Golden State, Utah, Minnesota, Portland. Milwaukee's third game in four days. So they're probably eager to get into the break. Also eager to close this part of the season out with a matchup against the Memphis Grizzlies. That doesn't hurt. No, that's if you're going to slide into the all-star break, this is probably the one you want. This is the one for sure. And look, th- there's there's no one besides myself that loves watching Doc Rivers just deteriorate under pressure. It makes me feel good, okay? Uh, Horrible person. He is. I, I he, That's what I'm saying. He is. And there's, there's, there's no redeeming qualities in Doc Rivers anymore. Oh, he's just, he's... He only is at this point is a, is a, an excuse artist. That's all he does. Coming off a almost thirty point loss to Miami, I tell you what, brother, I hope they lose against the Grizzlies today. That's just very. What what did he do to you? <laughs> what did he do to me? Yeah, so that was the question. What did he do to me? That's just rude, man. Absolutely, positively rude. Stuck around in Philly four more years than he should have. That's not his fault. He should have, he should have Richard Nixon and just resigned, give a nice speech on your way out and Mm. resign. That's not very nice. Why would you, no, yeah, resigning, you lose your money. Uh Uh-uh. You cling to that as hard as you can. So they pay you when they fire you. Yeah. 
I assume is, is uh Brett Brown still pulling a salary from the Sixers at this point? Yeah, seriously. I don't know, man. But uh there's not a there, really we had 12 games yesterday. So this is a a, a big jump from that one. We'll get into some ownership. We'll get into the Sims. We'll take a look at the lineup generator, break everything down. Boom bust tools should help guide us as well. I will say, though, not a lot of significant injury news right now. Like Chris Middleton's out, but we knew he was going to be out. Uh, Anthony Edwards is questionable, but he was questionable on Tuesday and dropped 41. There's yep. no real injury news to speak of between Golden State and Utah. I don't know. I mean, what what are we looking at? I, I would assume Derrick Rose doesn't play today on the second of a back-to-back, but I left him out. Yeah. Scotty Pippen Jr. That's he was out yesterday. It's like the only piece that we don't really know about. I'm sure we'll get something later in the day, but there's not a ton going on here. No. No, it's a it's a relatively tame day. Like obviously we've got, you know, half of the slate is on a back-to-back. So and it is the last day before the all-star break. You're, it's not out of the realm of possibility for some like real dumb shit to happen later today, or at the very least, you know, around two thirty or three o'clock, whenever the injury reports actually drop. Um, Utah, Golden State, Memphis on back to backs, right? Yeah, like the Golden State Utah game. Golden State really like they want the win, so I don't anticipate them doing anything dumb, but. You know, when that that their injury report will come out at two thirty, maybe three thirty. Like, they might just sit some people. Like, would you be? I wouldn't be surprised at all if Clay Thompson doesn't play today. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Draymond Green doesn't play today. I'm not expecting any of those things, but like, they could put a bunch of people on ice if they really don't give a shit heading into the break. It definitely wouldn't surprise you, just like Boston did yesterday. So, we'll see. I mean, yeah, they have a a significant layoff coming up, but still. Second game of a back-to-back with those veterans. You could rest some of them. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. We'll get into it. Yeah. Milwaukee and Memphis. Happy to have you guys here, by the way. And if you haven't done so yet, take one single second. Atone for your sins here on a Thursday morning. It's the last day. Last day for basketball. We do, by the way, though. We have the PGA Sims. You got the yo, NASCAR Sims now. Guess who's going to be playing some NASCAR this weekend? Me. Uh, oh, okay. That's that wasn't going to be my guess. Yeah, man. I mean, look, if I can, if I can have, because I don't know a thing about NASCAR. Nor should you. But who cares? Like they need I'll to, ask- they need to get rid of NASCAR. It's too, too much pollution. We no, need electric do- car. Just go NASCAR. EV NASCAR. Yeah, you can only drive Teslas. Yeah, but what about all those strip mines out there? That's a problem for a, that's a problem for a different group of people. That's yeah, not no us. One care, no one cares about that, right? That's nope. A, no, not at all. We don't. People love having cell phones, though. Out of sight, out of mind, brother. That's how yeah, we look no, at it. No one cares about that kind of stuff. We will ignore that because technology makes life better. It's disgusting, but it is true. Yeah, I mean, there really is nothing more. There's nothing more intriguing than somebody tweeting out all of their ails and and grievances from an iPhone. (laughs) While they wear their Nikes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you gotta- I'm I'm wearing Nike right now, but you don't hear me talking. No, man, it's so rare for 
the outrage in those situations to like come from a person who's not just immediately flying in the face of that outrage while they do it. Yeah. I am openly hypocritical. I at least admit it. I saw one of some sort of like congressional hearing where somebody was trying to ban plastics and whatever congressman or whatever was talking, just like rip this girl to shreds. Like you've got glasses on right now. Those are made with plastic. Your shoes, your soles, they're made with plastic. If parts in your phone, they're made with plastic. What is your plan to fix all of these other things? Like you're not thinking about this the right way. Yeah, like that maybe that'd be great to get rid of it. However, it's everywhere and it doesn't you don't seem to be stopping using it either. No, and I'll tell you this much. There are certain countries that no matter how much we want to do it, the, the pollution that ain't slowing down. No. Anyway, no. it doesn't matter. I will say one thing though. There was this guy Get rid of NASCAR. Tweeted, there was this guy that but look, NASCAR Sims is going to be awesome. And we also have a yeah. promo going on right now where if you get two months of any single sport uh, Sims package, which includes all of the tools for that sport, uh, also premium Discord, plus the Sims contest generator uh, and post-contest simulator, you buy, get two months, you get an entire month free. So that is a sick promo we've got going on right now. Yeah. Any single sport that you wanted to do, link in the description and in chat for that. That includes basketball, by the way. So two months gets you an entire month for free. It's a massive discount. So check that out. We'll talk about the Sims later. But this guy's like, and he's very popular. I've known who he was for a while. He used to not be as insane, but depending on who's in office from a presidential standpoint, you know, the left becomes more insane than the right becomes more insane. You guys can have all your own opinions, but this is just the truth, okay? The, 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 there's always going to be insanity on, on the far reaches of each side. And after the Super Bowl, he goes, hope you guys enjoyed your, your bread and circus or whatever. And then I look, he tweets 55 times a day. Is there <laughs> anything more distracting to life that is more desocializing, that is more isolating and pollute, polluted to the mind than so? Don't get me wrong. I love social media. But again, I'm all I'm aware. Is there anything more insane than sitting in front of your phone or computer and tweeting 50 times a day when you're like, boy, they were distracted for three hours watching a football game and enjoying the camaraderie of their fellow friends. I mean, those people just don't understand the irony of the situation for Correct. what they do. It's so, it's so Correct. bad. It's so, so, it's so many people, so many people. I do want to hit one thing quickly. I want to circle back to NASCAR jokes aside, uh, getting the NASCAR Sims rolling, heading into this weekend for Daytona, You've got a leg up on the competition by using the simulation tool. And if you ever wanted to dive into it, uh, you're going to be heading into whatever contest you're entering with an edge. I don't think there's any question about that. No, it's like it's enough that I'm I, like I might play NASCAR that's just what I'm because I know I'm, I'm going to get I know my ducks will be in a row. Yeah. yeah, like our our top driver, top racer tool and ownership and stuff. I had always used that in the past and it was helpful. But now just three clicks and we're in. So yeah. I usually only mess with the Coca-Cola 600 cuz that's the one that Katie goes to each year. Um but might have to get a little Daytona money down. Why not? It's going to be fun. Corey said Daytona is unpredictable. Yeah, that's why the Sims are super helpful in a spot like this. Because they're simming them out tens of thousands of times uh and finding leverage spots. Dwayne Scott said Sims can't predict the wrecks of Daytona. No, but nobody can. No, no, no. Uh, evidently, everybody else has a bead on it, but the Sims don't. 
Yeah. That's why Sims become more powerful, though, is because you're not made. You could probably explain it better than I could. Not this one. I can't. This... <laughs> the the wrecks are an element, an unpredictable, an unpredictable element for everybody. Yeah. So you're still gaining an edge over everybody else because nobody has any uh, interpretation of how these wrecks are going to happen. Now, our NBA sim tool, that's fantastic because that does predict when people make and miss shots. It's, it's a real crazy technology where we don't see the future. This. Don't do this. No? No? Uh, don't do this. It's going to no. All right. Anyway, happy to have emails. you guys here. Take a second, hit that thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment down below. We have thoroughly enjoyed reading and responding to all of them. Uh, and if nothing else, you want to check out our stuff in podcast form, anything with a shelf life, any podcast platform you're using, we got you there. And if you feel kind enough, leave a rating and a review. Subscribe to the podcast. All right. Milwaukee, Memphis. Bucks, 12 or 11 and a half point favorites, 223 total. No Chris Middleton today. And on the other side, we can get to Milwaukee in a moment or Memphis in a moment. But see how uh, easy it is to mess up Memphis and Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in the wrong headspace. Yeah. The. I know for for a prize picks today, actually, you are on an over for Damian Lillard PRA, and I am. You've got him projected around thirty seven and a half for this one. Interesting. There are some guys on this slate that are just going to be very popular. Keontae George, people said he was unplayable yesterday. Finished with a strong thirty four in thirty three minutes. He's going up against. He's going to be very. There's not like I said, not a lot of value. Not a lot of injuries right now, but with the Milwaukee Bucks, props and prize picks and sleeper and DFS pick them is different than DFS because there's a salary attached to these guys. And it's not binary, just more or less. It's, hey, there's a bunch of other players at different prices at the same position. Lillard's pulling around 15%. We do have Giannis at 24%. Him and Lillard are both probable. Look, it's a phenomenal spot for Giannis. There's no doubt about it. The only question now is, does the game get out of hand? They're playing their third game. And that's seriously, that's my only thought here is they are playing their third game in four days and they're going into the break. If this is semi out of reach, like Giannis plays 28 minutes. Not out of the realm of possibility. The interesting piece there, though, is you've got Giannis at 11.8. The next closest guy in salary to Giannis is $2,200 cheaper, Steph Curry. I personally have Giannis like 13 fantasy points ahead of everybody else. It might not even matter if you just get to like 28 minutes of Giannis because 28 minutes of Giannis at 1.75 fantasy points, like 50 might just be enough on a three-game slate. It's, it's probably not going to be enough at 11-8. That's probably going to hurt you, and somebody else will probably take that jump. But raw points start to matter a lot more on a three-gamer. I really think there's only three options today on the Milwaukee side. And it's the three guys that are getting... And when I say three options, I mean like three primary options. It's a three-game slate. You're playing a lot of garbage. Giannis is 25% owned. Brooke Lopez is 25% owned. Dame is 15% owned. They are the three guys that I also have double figures of. I am dead neutral to Lopez, 24%, 24%. I am dead neutral to Giannis, 24% to 24%. If you watch my prize picks video or listen to Lafayette at the beginning of this one, I'm a little bit heavier on Dame than most. 
He's in 36% of my lineups right now at 15% ownership. That's the big stand I'm looking at. But we're also showing positive leverage to Bobby Portis, 6,200 power forward center eligible. We're showing positive leverage to Malik Beasley, where you get him at 5K shooting guard only, but we have him 10% optimal. We have Portis at 14% optimal. So those two guys are sneaking in as your gpp pivots not guys you want to have a ton of but guys that you can get over the field on pretty easily it's the lopez lillard Giannis trio that's really carrying most of the weight for the bucks so crowder's been terrible uh and last game a lot of these guys lost minutes in a in a blowout yeah but their last four games have been a blowout in one or in either direction direction they haven't had like normal rotations in a while like assuming Crowder starts again with Middleton out on a three-game slate, seven percent yeah. owner, seven point eight percent ownership, slight positive leverage. Look, it's disgusting. Don't get me wrong, but I had to at least mention him because it's a three-gamer. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, does he happen to get up nine, nine shots and six of them are threes and four of them are made? And look, it's tough for him to get there, and he's looked pretty awful lately. But it's no more than just a week ago that he was putting up some actually serviceable numbers. So he went crazy in one of those games. Yeah. 21, eight and five. He had 43. He played 37 minutes, but look, he's not exciting. It's Jay Crowder. There's still Giannis. There's still Lopez. There's still uh, Lillard. There's still Portis. Like there's still guys that are going to get opportunities, but if he starts again, I think you could probably pencil him in for like 24 minutes, 23 minutes. Maybe more. I mean, Crowder. I, I went twenty. I went twenty-eight. We have twenty-nine. Yeah, yeah. I guess twenty-three in a blowout, eighteen in a huge blowout. They were down by thirty-one. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it is twenty-eight, twenty-nine. If the game stays close. The only thing is, like, Jay Crowder's skill set against Memphis is generally less important than it would be against you know a team with a big wing that you want to guard. Like, I don't think they're all there. I don't think they're all that concerned with trying to lock down Vince Williams, no disrespect to the VCU product um, or whoever else you want to name for Memphis. That is basically a random person, but at the same time, they, they don't have a ton of other options either. They're not clamoring to get AJ green more minutes. Pat Connaughton's pretty well locked in and around that like 20 to 22 minute range. So I think Crowder just soaks up those minutes by default. Yeah. It's gross. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But he's there. 4,300. Pulling virtually no ownership for a slate like this. And there's not a lot of value. So, yeah, I can see why he's getting some slight positive leverage. Memphis on the other side. We don't. I, I would be pretty surprised if Derrick Rose plays today. Second Same. of a back-to-back. Going into the break. Uh, Jaron Jackson. He hasn't been playing back-to-back games, not even back-to-backs like on days. He played on February 2nd. He missed February 4th. He played on February 6th. He sat on February 8th. He played on the 10th. He sat on the 12th and he played on the 14th. He has been alternating games, not even on back-to-backs. Yeah. So how does he play today? Exactly. I don't know why he would play today. None of that would make any sense. So clearly he's going to start. <laughs> he's going to start he's going to play 30 minutes today exactly yeah. his whole leg is just going to disintegrate for the, the end 18th of the game. times yeah. yeah memphis though jaron jackson jr is always viable and milwaukee yeah. defensively hasn't been not like they've been so good that you just have to 
fade everyone, particularly when you only have five other teams to talk about. Uh, Jaron Jackson yesterday, foul trouble, played 28 yeah. minutes. Uh, I think he caught his, I think he caught his fourth foul like two minutes into the, yeah, two minutes into He got the, three in three minutes and 33 seconds I, of the second quarter. I know. <laughs> and then he played 225 of the, four, of the third out of halftime, had another. That was four, but then played yeah. all of the fourth quarter. They ended up winning that game at home against Houston. But it's kind of a good thing. He only played 28 minutes. All right, so maybe Jaron Jackson can come in and play really big minutes today, assuming this doesn't get completely out of hand. He's a good player. You should see solid usage again. The stock upside is significant, even though we haven't seen as much of that as late. Of late, we know that it's there. Uh, what do you do with, with Jaron Jackson? He's one of my most exposed plays today. I think he's fourth overall. I have 58%. We have him 39% optimal, call it 39% owned. That's way higher optimal rate than anybody else on the team and completely deserved. So I can, I'm uh, in full lockstep with us. I want to get a bunch of him. I think he looks great. We're showing massive positive leverage on Santi Aldama and Gigi Jackson right now. I completely agree on the Gigi Jackson side. I gave him 24 minutes. He's a $4,900 power forward. I have Gigi Jackson in 42% of my lineups. He is only 11% owned. My guess, we start to see that ownership number come up a little bit throughout the day. And then you've got Aldama, basically the same sort of positive leverage. Now, he just scares me because they were willing to just ice him yesterday for Lamar Stevens. So you don't feel as comfortable with Aldama's minutes. We went 27 and a half. I only went to 26. I think he can just as easily play 30, but he just as likely to not go out there and play that fourth quarter rotation. So it scares me a little. I don't have any problem getting some shares of Aldama. I've got a pretty decent stand on Luke Kennard right now. He has played 28 minutes in back-to-back -back games, assuming he can do that again. He's 25% uh, owned. I'm doubling that in this moment. Vince Williams is just always, especially on a three-game slate, Small forward, uh, shooting guard, small forward, 6,500. Basically a lock to play the most minutes, barring injuries or foul trouble or anything like that. Like Vince Williams is just out there. Looks good in a third of lineups. I'm going right back to Lamar Stevens today. You have to. We have him, have we have him, for, we have him for 5% ownership. It seems like they're going to play him, I, I guess. You're, you're removing Rose allegedly from the rotation based on our guess. He's 3,400 power forward center, still a fantasy point per minute guy. So he's in 22% of my stuff. I'm taking a shot on Jordan Goodwin, who got minutes yesterday at 2% owned. He's in 14% of my lineups. I've got a decent stand on a lot of Memphis. Doesn't feel good in this matchup, but I have more. Memphis is my second most exposed team, and they are making up 28% of all of my exposure. Well, there's something to be said about the fact that Taylor Jenkins played him for 20 minutes in the second half. Yeah. Like, I don't, I can't wrap my head around it. Like, none of that makes sense. Well, I mean, it makes some it of it so much Jackson, less predictable. Some of it was clearly Jaron Jackson foul trouble. Yeah. But we know that. So I don't want to overlook the fact that Jaron Jackson subbed out two and a half minutes into the third and Lamar Stevens ended up playing nine and a half minutes of the third. He also played 11 minutes or 10 minutes in the fourth, though. So what can we reasonably project minutes-wise for Lamar Stevens today? Anywhere from zero to 26. Yeah. 
Based on the first half, they were going to play him precisely nothing if it wasn't for Triple J. And like, I don't know how much Triple J's foul trouble got Lamar Stevens on the floor. You would think they'd reward him. I don't know if they will. But like they cut Trey, we talked about it. They cut Trey Jameson clean from the rotation. They cut you to Watanabe yesterday clean from the rotation. These guys were just gone. They brought in Jordan Goodwin, someone who I don't, I didn't project in yesterday, but ended up getting like real run. It's a random team when you try to fill out the rest of the rotation. Yeah. The only reason he came in in the first half for this third, it was actually Aldama caught his third foul. Okay. So I, it's, it's a mess. It's all over the place. Yeah. I don't know. But Aldama on the second of a back-to-back, does he play less? Stevens plays more. Do they care? I don't think they do. No, I think ultimately what we're looking at here is you only have three games, you have no value, and we've seen that Lamar Stevens can play extended minutes and produce in those minutes if given the opportunity, and he's yes. getting sub-5% ownership right now. So, look, I'm not saying he should be 50% owned. Like you said, he could literally play one minute in this game. He could just not play. But if he does at 3,400 and he's sub 5% owned, things start to look really, really good. Right. Like 30, that price tag for power forward eligibility, like he, that's a really nice value on a three gamer. Certainly helps to unlock a going all the way up to Giannis type lineup. That's tough. Yeah. It's not, it's not fun. It's not fun at all. How I think it's easier to talk about the guys that like you don't get to the, the like we have pot, really big positive leverage on John Conchar. He's not someone I'm getting to right now. Uh, someone like Zaire Williams, 3,700 shooting guard, small forward. He's not getting any ownership. Certainly a, like a lot of positive leverage for a three game slate, a guy that you could take a flyer on, but those guys not getting a ton of ownership is not all that surprising. No, not at all. Uh, we had a comment from C. Smith said Clark is coming back tonight. Yeah, that's not true. That's why I, my next comment to C. Smith was, "What are you talking about?" I did, yeah, I didn't. Oh, I didn't see that, but I didn't see anything to suggest that he would be returning tonight either. No, neither did I'm, I. Who the hell brings somebody back off a of tour Achilles day, the day before the All Star break? I know that would be crazy if you brought him back when you have another week to get him ready. Correct. I don't think that's happening. Jordan, what does Neither. our exposure look like to Memphis right now? Did you pull that up? Because just looking at the Sims now, uh, we have, he's pulling it up. So exposure to the Memphis Grizzlies. I assume it's going to be more in line with Jaron Jackson Jr. Let's see. A lot of Gregory Jackson. A lot of Jaron Jackson Jr., a lot of Vince Williams, Aldama Kennard. So to your point, we're not getting really any John Conchar either. 3% in 150 lineups. I didn't get any. Yeah. What's your highest exposure to Memphis right now? Either 58% to Jaron Jackson or 58% to Luke Kennard. Okay. And 25% Canard in the Sims run as well. Yeah. Talk about this next game. Golden State, Utah. As you mentioned, it's possible that you see Dre or Clay or somebody sit on the second of a back-to-back. Also, they need to win games. 
they're going into the break. So it's entirely possible that nobody sits at all. We won't know till, uh, you know, mid afternoon right now, though, looking at the golden state warriors and we can pull up exposures there in the Sims. We can take a look at ownership and the boom bust tool. Draymond green, 40%. We've had him popping up with a lot of ownership earlier in the day. And then it comes down a little bit, but power forward center eligible 30 plus minutes in close games. I get it against Utah, but that's that, the problem is that's a 40% is a lot going to Draymond green. So you're, you're laughing here. My assumption is that you have, it's either way under or way over. I'm going to say way over. Well, we have negative 18% leverage on Draymond green right now. I have 2% of Draymond at that 40% number. I don't We're think 40 under. is going to hold. I have him at nine and a half real points. The prop is at eight and a half. Um, his assist prop is seven and a half. I'm a little bit lighter than that, Mark. It's also minus 148 to the under. So not exactly leading you to believe it's going north of that number. And then his rebounding prop for right now is seven and a half. I'm right at that number. I don't know why he's getting 40% ownership. I don't know what that is in the morning. Like, let's be clear. He's going to be owned in a, in a big way today by default, by being a starter, by having power forward eligibility, by this being a three-game slate. But we have him 21% optimal, 40% owned. There, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle there. And I expect him to be, you know, if, if Locke was really right now, he probably ends up in that like 30 to 35% range. And then I start getting a little bit more because that ownership number comes down. But I mean, he's basically like the most over-owned dude that we have today. Yeah. Also, yesterday he went to the locker room for a concussion was evaluated or to evaluate it for a concussion came back and was okay. There's a real chance that he doesn't play tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised at all. At which point fire up your $3,100 Kavan loonies. Poor Kavan looney, man. Postseason hero for me. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I was betting overs on looney and Robert Williams every single game in the finals. When you and I did the playback streams, yeah, it was like, oh, no, Lo Looney just got 29 rebounds again. Yeah. Dude, we were getting him in like seven and a half, and he was going over in the first quarter. Yeah. He would, he, he would have it in his, his first rotation. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and like it was – they did – amazingly for the finals, it took him a while to adjust for that. I don't really get it. But yeah. if Dre were to sit today, Kevon Looney becomes – I mean, look, I'm not saying he's going to play 35 minutes. He's not. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, man. Kevon Looney's right around the fantasy point per minute guy. This is the type of game where you get like 13 rebounds and two points, but he has, you know, two blocks, a steal, and three, because he's actually not the worst passing big man either. No, not you're at like, all. He, you're, you just, you get him everywhere. Everywhere. If he's the starting center. Yeah, maybe a couple putbacks or a lob or something like that. And at, what would you give him? Like 22 minutes? Yeah, that I think works. that'd be fair. Yeah. And Come that's like, I'm going to say 0.95 fantasy points per minute in 22 minutes. That's 21 fantasy points at 3,100, 6.8 X his salary. Yeah. And on a slate with no real value to speak of. He's the best play on the slate if that happens. And obviously we're just speculating right now. We have yeah. no injury news, second of a back to back, no. but still that Kevon Looney would be the easiest and he's only center eligible. I get that. But 
it would be the easiest value play on the board tonight. I, I don't think there's much disagreement there, right? No, not at all. What else are we doing with Golden State? I'm aggressively fading Steph Curry, but we don't seem to be on the same page there. He is 29% owned. I have zero. He has made seven threes in the last in each of his last four games, I believe. First guy to ever do that. We have him dead neutral. 29% optimal, 29% owned. I am very much lighter on Steph. Now, has he been playing better? Yeah. 1.5 DraftKings points per minute over the last 30 days for Steph. That is not where I have him in this spot, which is a good spot, but his points props, 29 and a half. I'm right at that number. Uh, like I, it, I, it just keeps coming back to that. I might be a little light on his assist. It's going to be something that I dig into a little bit later, but those ra- his rates don't really support that based on sharing the floor with Wiggins, Pajemski, Draymond, and Kaminga and Clay. Like when you have the bulk of those guys out there for most of the game, which is what they're doing now. Last time out for Golden State, you got call it 30 minutes at least 30 minutes of from curry kaminga pajemski clay wiggins dre everybody else was just like they played like eight to ten minutes and it was just filler so you're getting these guys together a lot so with the ball moving around like it is i'm not a huge believer in that assist number for steph so i am having a very hard time paying up for steph today in this spot in comparison to like getting to Giannis or saving 700 dollars and getting to damian lillard Favorite plays right now from Golden State? Uh, it's probably Kaminga for me. Um, we have him with a bit of a negative leverage. I have essentially the exact same projection. I think it's just the power forward spot that is needing to get filled in a little bit easier. I, I don't mind Clay at all at the 20% ownership mark. Uh, Wiggins looks totally fine in like that 15% range. Similar story for Brandon Pajemski, who we have with a decent chunk of positive leverage. You're not really going to anybody outside of that main six dudes that I just read off, though. We only have 2% ownership going to, like, Gary Payton right now, who I think is very live to not play today. Man, that price point on Clay Thompson's getting to a point. <laughs> I mean, that 50 down, and I know he was 5,200 uh, not long ago, but you're talking about a guy that you were paying mid-sixes for. He's at 5,500. It's tough. Because Clay can just completely disappear. Yeah. Completely disappear. I, I, I think Golden State probably wants him to completely disappear. <laughs> I think they might. But, you know, the last two games from Clay, he, he's got, what, a 24% usage rate? 14 yeah, he shoots. 10, he just doesn't 19, shoot well. 19 att- Yeah, well, that's the problem. All I'm saying is it's nice to see him at least shoot. Look, if he doesn't shoot well, that's one thing. At least if he's going to shoot, and if I were to play him, at the end of the day, if he shoots three for 15, I'm like, well, hey, we got up we got up 15 attempts. You know, he, he attempted yeah. nine threes, didn't go in, and they generally aren't. But he's still shooting 37% from three this year. He's, 40, he's 41% overall. He's 37% from three. Yeah. Average. Yeah. I'm saying maybe you get one of those games out of clay. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have the aversion to getting the shot up. That's for sure. He's still, he's still shooting. 
you know, 10 threes per 75 possessions. Like he, he, he's looking for it. He just can't get to the rim anymore. And when he does, it fails miserably. That's really where you started losing out on clay. He can't make a layup and he can't even get to the point to make a layup because he's too slow. And well, you know, that's what happens when you blow out everything in your leg. He just has the Dylan Brooks offense now. <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's just, he look, he's 34 years old. And his body failed him a couple years ago for the better part of like two and a half years. You just, you're not going to ever come back from that the way you want to. Nope. But he's two games removed from a 26 point effort, 38 fantasy against the same Utah team, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He's also not unowned either. I'm not saying he's like, you think, think, what are we having? Like 22%. Yeah. I have 14. Like he's a guy you want to get to just because of that positional flexibility. Yeah. How much do we have of it? We have we have 27% right now. So pretty much with the field. 20% curry under under the field Andre for sure. 13% Pajemski. 17% Kaminga. So we're really just pretty flat across the board on Golden State. Yeah. In the Sims. And I think it make I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't think they look all that different compared to each other. 238 and a half total. It's by far, by the way, by far the highest on the slate because Minnesota yeah. Portland's 214 and a half. We'll wrap the show up with that one. But then you get to Utah, the highest owned player right now by a considerable margin is Keontae George. And unplayable. Uh, unplayable garbage. Can't touch him. Can't touch him. You can't play yeah. him on a 12 gamer. Definitely can't play him on a three gamer. No. Look, I'm not going to argue with anyone that Keontae George is going to have his fair share of heinous games where you just go, oh, great. He had 13 and 33. Like, think bad things are going to happen, but he's $4,700 coming off 33 minutes in that 16 point loss to the Lakers yesterday. It's not like there's any reason to limit a guy like this on the second of a back to back going into the break. You you kind of just have to bite the bullet with somebody like George. Now, my biggest question for you isn't whether you're playing him or not, but are you getting over the field on this massive ownership? I have a slight increase to the ownership in that okay. Keontae George is in every single lineup I built. Okay. <laughs> nice, right. nice, what, nice job. What else are you supposed to do? He's playing 30 minutes a night. We have him in for 32. So do I. He's 4,700. He's a 0.88 fantasy point per minute guy over the past 30 days. That's exactly where I have him in this spot. He is the best value that exists. It couldn't get easier. We have him for, like, obviously the uh, the leverage is very highly negative. He's still 43% optimal. That's a close to a 50-50 shot of being in the optimal lineup. Uh, there's nothing nothing else I want to do here other than play him in every single lineup that I can. Yeah, 43% optimal. $4,700. Yeah, it's it's too easy to get to. I, I like a lot of Utah. I'm 2xing Markin. I'm 70% of Walker Kessler. Give me the jazz, man. Allow me to backpedal for a second here. All right, take Go a for step it. If you're looking at other value options on this slate, who are pulling double-digit ownership starting at 10%. You're talking Monty Morris, Kyle Anderson, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Jaden McDaniels, we'll get to him. 
I think you understand where I'm going with this. Like the, Luke Kennard, there is not a lot of, of value down here. Like it's particularly for guys that actually function in this offense outside of just being on the floor and yeah. can play 30 plus minutes. I just don't know where else you're going to find that. He's a functional per minute dude that starts and plays massive minutes. Like that is right. a lot different than getting to Taylor Horton Tucker in this game, who I have zero of 3,500 shooting guard, small forward, probably going to play around 16 minutes. Hate rostering him. Don't have him. Totally happy about that. The guy that I'm fading the most, we don't exactly have with a ton of negative leverage. That's Colin Sexton. Um, I'm two minutes less on Sexton than we are. His minutes have been down a bit as of late. I still have him at 1.13 fantasy points per minute. So I think that I'm like treating him well, but I th I think the minutes are a little high. He's pulling 28% ownership right now I, at 6,400, not even like a great price tag. I have a hard time seeing Jordan Clarkson and Colin Sexton as the same play. And we have Clarkson less owned along with having small forward eligibility on top of his shooting guard eligibility. So I'm neutral on Clarkson and I am full fading. Colin Sexton. I do think Walker Kessler looks interesting, though. The guy has a near 11% block rate on the season, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, he's a, what, 18% rebound rate? Fine. It's not Andre Drummond rebounding, but, you know, good enough. 12% offensive rebounding. Like, he perfectly solid in all of these departments. Only a 13% usage player, but... Those minutes over the last five games, save for one game against OKC, have ticked up. And he's played yeah. 27 and 21, like I mentioned, 27, 26 against Golden State in a, in a blowout loss, and then 28 yesterday. So Kessler's seeing an increase in minutes. He's definitely north of a per-minute producer on the season. That, to me, he is pulling ownership. But $5,600, understandably center only, but still – uh, there's some upside at that price point today if he's going to keep getting those minutes. He's in 72% of my stuff. He is going to get those minutes now. The, the The increase has result is happened because they traded away Simone Fontecchio, they traded away O'Shea Akbaji, yep. and they traded away Kelly Olynyk. and now Walker Kessler is back in the starting lineup. Yep. So I went yep. 27. We have 27. I think he's live for 28 or 29 if you're really looking for it. And we're talking about a guy that's notoriously a 1.15 fantasy point per minute guy. I have Walker Kessler projected for 31 fantasy points. We have him at 30, but I also have his target score at 30. So right out of the gate, he's basically 50-50 to be the guy you're looking for. That's why I'm getting as much as I have. 72% for him right now. I, I think he looks, he's probably my favorite center play if we're not counting like the Jaron Jacksons and Giannis's of the world. What else do you end up doing with Utah? Because ownership across the board is significant here. Not just to Sexton, but 26% Laurie Markinen, 23% Clarkson, even 18% to Collins, 12% to Taylor Horton Tucker, who you're not getting to, $3,500 shooting guard, small forward. Uh, almost all of these guys will be, you know, will will have some – there, there's going to like depending on how this depending on who wins there's probably going to be one or two utah players in the winning lineup yeah I, i'm hoping that it's not colin sexton and john collins though i don't have any of john collins i also took his under on prize picks sorry his less than on prize picks wait are they the sponsor of the show now i took his under on prize picks you can say whatever you want when they don't have any tie to it um 
So I don't, I don't like getting to him at all. Now, 6,600, the fact that he's going to play some time alongside Walker Kessler, instead of these guys just backing each other up, that's not good for John Collins. He's just going to be less involved. He's gonna be further away from the rim, pulling down less rebounds. So now that they are going with Kessler more, I think that's bad news for John Collins. Even if he is going to be the backup center and they are going to stagger these guys, those minutes alongside Kessler nerf him a bit at that price. Uh, like I have Walker Kessler and we, so we don't, but I have Walker Kessler projected for more fantasy points than John Collins. This see, Maybe this is the hill that I'm dying on, but I only went to 28 minutes on Collins. I like... Him not being the starting center, I think, takes him from that 30-minute-a-day thing to a 20-minute-a-day, 28-minute-a-day thing. I don't think they're married to, like, getting him minutes. I've, they're probably more interested in grabbing a couple extra minutes for somebody like Taylor Hendricks at this point. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, at this point, though, this is this the highest-owned team overall? Uh, Yeah, not close either. They have... 50% more ownership like in the aggregate than Minnesota who's second. Okay. A couple of comments about Rudy Gobert. Well, uh, guess what? We're about to talk about it now. Yeah. And you're right. Prize picks is not the sponsor. It is sleeper. However, sleeper has the biggest promo, the biggest sign up match deposit bonus of any DFS pick site out there right now, Josh. Yes. 500 bucks. Pretty good. As good as it gets. If you have 20, 100, 200, 300, 500, they're matching it all the way up to $500. They do free squares as much as anybody too. Sleeper does free squares as much as anybody out there without question. So you're constant, not only are you doubling your bankroll out of the gate, but you are getting free squares constantly over there. So essentially free bonus money for you're, you're doubling your bankroll and every single, almost every single day. Is that for today, Jordan, the Carl Anthony towns. Okay. So look, there another one, like I said, they discounted, I swear it's every day discounted him from 22 and a half points to a half a point, one point from Carl Anthony Towns. So if you're throwing that in to your lineup, you already have one that you've won out of the gate. You can up to 100 X on sleeper. Nobody talks about this enough though. And I think, you can tell me if you think I'm wrong here, but I think over time there will be some iteration of what sleeper does that will be adopted by the rest of the DFS pick injury industry. And that is the dynamic payouts, the dynamic pricing, I should say, because Completely agree. right. Okay. So we're on the same page. Will it be the exact same way? Maybe not, but all of these other sites and they're good, like underdog prize picks are all very good. Personally for me, been on underdog forever because I can't do pick em sites in PA, but I can do the best ball and everything. Yeah. You can't do home runs. You can't do mo like double doubles unless it's like straight even, close to even money or, you know, slight juice. You can't do triple doubles. You can't like, no. there's a million, you can't do anytime touchdown scores. You can't do goal scores in hockey. On sleeper, they've added a multiplier. So now if it's like four to one on a sports book, you're getting the 4X multiplier on sleeper. So if you throw that into your lineup, that accounts for a 4X if that wins and you can up to 100X your lineup. I think that'll be adopted because that's a format that allows you to expand your offering of these projections, props at its sportsbook projections here to literally whatever you want. 
it's the biggest no-brainer for everybody else to add. Like you kind of have prize picks doing it with the demons and goblins, but it's like in a different mechanism. But it's, having it's them essentially alt lines. Those are alt lines. Those aren't different mar prop markets. But you're 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 getting closer to it there. Correct. It's the first it's the first step to like allowing for additional variations. But the dynamic price, I mean that's the the dynamic payouts are uh, a necessary thing, especially when you get towards something like the baseball season, where you have these extremes with like, your home runs are like the perfect example where it's like you, you either can't offer it or you have to do something like this. And yep. it just becomes a no brainer to want to offer something like this. Yeah. Even doubles and stolen bases like that. Type yeah. Of stuff too, all yeah. Of so anyway, check it out. Link in the description and in the chat, $500 first match deposit bonus. Plus little Carl Anthony towns, free square action. 22 and a half points down to a half point. Perfect day to get in on that action. All right. Minnesota. I assume we're both on the same page that, that Anthony Edwards is in tonight. Yep. I would think so. Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley. Do you think the Mike Conley ownership holds, or is this another uh, early morning situation that we've been dealing with? You know the answer to that. Yeah. It is funny. I don't, I don't know why that happens in the morning, and then it just – Finds it just no. on the next update always balances out. Yeah. Kind of strange. But uh cat's getting 25%. Cat's 7,700. Look, it's a really low total in this game, but yeah, it's against the Portland Trailblazers. Eight and a half point total. You know, I'm looking at this. Do they have a sub 100 point total today? They must. They uh 103 is what I have. Is it 103? All right. I did the I did the, the math in my brain wrong. Yeah, I have the same line as you. So yeah, I have 103. Yeah, one I have 102 and a half. So either way, that's that's pretty brutal. Minnesota's at 111 and a half. What do we we can start wherever we want. You want to start in the front court with Minnesota and work our way down? I yeah, I just I find these guys just to be like there. We've got Edwards 20 to 25% optimal and owned. Towns, same. Gobert, a little bit higher, but basically the same. Conley, basically the same. Jaden McDaniels, basically the same. Like, it's a lot of the exact same sort of optimal and ownership. So, Gobert's pulling 30% ownership. I have 20. Certainly looks good at 7,500 in this spot against Portland. Edwards pulling 22% ownership. In lieu of me getting to Steph, it appears that I'm getting to Anthony Edwards. I have 34%. But you get that guard forward eligibility. So, a little bit more flexibility should nuke Portland, too. The biggest stand that I have, though, to me is the easy one. I'm surprised he's not even a little bit more interesting here. $3,600 Jaden McDaniels? Like, yeah, he's not playing 33 minutes a night, but small forward 3600 on a three-game slate, even if he is piss poor on a per-minute basis, you know, 0.65 fantasy points per minute usually, he needs, like, not too much over 20 fantasy points, and you're just like, yep, got the value piece that I needed. So he is in half of my stuff. I like him the most in terms of trying to create value and really build out a nice lineup. I'm clearly fading Mike Conley at 30% ownership. I'm light on towns. Uh, that one doesn't make me feel great because we have him positively leveraged, but I only have 14% at this moment. He looks to me like someone I want to get a little bit more of. I have very little interest in like Nas Reed or Monty Morris. I understand why the value is coming in. Kyle Anderson too. I understand why that value is coming in, but I'm basically just choosing Jaden McDaniel's value over Kyle Anderson, over Monty Morris, over Nas Reed. I have a question. Outside of Keontae George, yeah. 
Who's your favorite sub 5K value play? So that doesn't include Walker Kessler. It doesn't include a Conley or anybody like that. Sub 5K, who would it be right now? Well, I assume Luke Kennard. Either Luke Kennard or Jaden McDaniels. Okay. Gigi Jackson. How much Jackson. McDaniels are you getting? I have 58% Kennard, 50% McDaniels, and 42% Gigi Jackson. Okay. And then Lamar Stevens, 22%. Those are the four answers of anybody that I actually have. And then it falls off a cliff? It's basically zero. Anybody else from Minnesota that we need to dig into a little bit here? Nikhil Alexander-Walker is a little sneaky. Uh, I thought that he would start to lose some playing time. And he's played 25, 24, and 26 over the last three. Now, I didn't project him like that. I gave him 22. We went 20. But shooting guard small forward 3,800. If we're willing to give Kyle Anderson 12% ownership, I don't think that Nikhil Alexander-Walker should be at essentially zero for 300 more dollars, but a better positional setup or like even like Monty Morris. I get that he's the flat three K, but like Nikhil Alexander Walker to me is a better option than Monty Morris. And you're not creating that much additional, like you're not losing that much value, but you're getting that flexibility. And I think that's more important. The Portland trailblazers. Do not have a single player projecting for North of nine per- for double digit ownership on a three game slate. No, no. <gasps> I think the weirder thing is the second most owned guy is Delano Banton. I didn't even know he was on Portland until this morning. <laughs> hey, point guard, <laughs> shooting guard, man. Yeah. It's difficult though, because like, all right, so this is a bad team with the lowest total on the slate, but they still have three guys of 7,300 or above. So you're, it's not like you're, you're you're not pulling considerable discounts on any of that. No. I, how do you how do you justifiably go? You know, I want to get to a lot of center only eligible DeAndre Ayton today. I, I know, I know you you're going to want him out there against you know the Twin Tower front court for Minnesota. And to be fair, he's coming off a very nice game against the Timberwolves. Matter yeah. of fact, Ayton's been excellent lately. I don't want to take that away from him. And he's played yep. considerable minutes, but how do you, how do you prioritize a guy like him? Even coming off a 22, 16 game against Minnesota. I don't, I only have 6%. He's projected for 6% ownership. I see some upside there for sure, but upside. yeah, I mean the one Oh three implied total is really limiting in this spot. I like taking stands on Anthony Simons, point guard, shooting guard, 7,800, who we have with pretty sizable positive leverage, 16% optimal, 9% owned. He's in 28% of my lineups. Jeremy Grant, 7,400, small forward, power forward. Now, he doesn't have the positive leverage, but he's still in 24% of my stuff. I'm getting to the two dudes I would want to get to from Portland. I don't have an aversion to Aiden, but like when it comes to center, it's just a little bit different for me. He's definitely the third dude I would want to get to here. And then you can take a shot on a Delano Banton, 3,700 point guard shooting guard. He's a 0.85 guy. If you believe in any sort of minutes for him, he played 25 and 26 in back-to-back games. Now, I only went to 20. So you, if you want to be a bigger believer and get him up to 22 or 23, I think Banton starts to work his way into some stuff. He'd probably be the fourth dude you want after that. I don't really want to get to Scoot or Jabari Walker or Kamara or Thibel or anything like that in this spot. 
Yeah, it's just circling back though to to Aiton for a second. Yeah. I think it just becomes a little bit difficult at the center position, but he's probably he's playing 35 minutes if it's somewhat competitive. Yeah. He he because he was he played he played 32 and lost the last three and a half minutes last game to a blowout. 37 yeah. before that, 39. He's probably playing 35 minutes. They not that this team has any aspirations to go anywhere this year, but you know, you're still gonna try and win the games. He's shooting insanely efficiently. I just and it's not like that price point's horrible on him either. No. No, like I I would I would happily take more. I just don't happen to have it. Yeah. Like I don't think he looks bad in any way. Me neither. Who did you say you like them? Who did you say you're taking the stand on? Simons? Yeah, and and Grant to a degree. I guess this is one of those days where you can just do that. It's not like yeah. you have a lot of other options out there. No, not really. Are we getting expo are we getting significant exposure in the Sims? Yes, yeah, uh hold on a second. I assume we're getting Simons because we have positive leverage. 5% right now. 4% Aiden. It's early in the day, though. These things can change dramatically. There's no doubt about that. Very true. But I don't think you want to ignore Portland altogether, despite the total. It's no, You can't. It's three games late. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, uh, let's rank these players. But Let's rank these positions before we get out of here. Let us do that. All right. So, point guard. Where do we start? All right. Point guard for me. There is only one answer here. It's Keontae George. He is the best option today at point guard and basically at all positions. Uh, I like getting different at point guard. So here's one for you. I have four guys north of 10% ownership. Keontae George, who is chalk. I'm two and a half X the field on Damian Lillard. I'm three X the field on Anthony Simons. And I have 28% of Jordan Goodwin at 3% right now. That is me fading Mike Conley. That is me fading Steph Curry. But I am taking some stands and getting some lineups that I would imagine are relatively unique for a three-game slate. How about shooting guard? I know the answer is not Colin Sexton. Not for me, it's not. Uh, at shooting guard, the guy that I have the most of is Luke Kennard. I think you could take a, just bring Simons and Jordan Goodwin back into the equation. I like Anthony Edwards quite a bit. Vince Williams is just a safe play, but we could lock him in at small forward. But uh, Sexton would be my fade. And small forward, like you said, yeah, Vince Williams. There's a bunch of these guys with multi-position eligibility here. Love Jaden McDaniels because of his price tag. Like that's just value. Even though he is so terrible on a per minute basis, that value looks good. I mentioned Anthony Edwards before. Um, Jeremy Grant has small forward eligibility. That is a guy I'm taking a stand on. I don't have any like aggressive small forward fades. Power forward is one of the better looking positions. You have Jaron Jackson, you have Giannis, you have Towns, you have Kaminga, yeah. Dre, if you want to throw him in there, Laurie Markinen. There's a lot to get to at power forward. Yeah. Mo guy I have the most of is Triple J. Markinen is second. Gigi Jackson, then third. They are the three guys separating themselves at power forward. Don't be afraid to take a shot at Lamar Stevens. Uh, I am aggressively fading Draymond Green. And at center, let's talk just only center eligible guys for a second. I assume Walker Kessler would be one. Correct. Who is number two? 
Brooke Lopez. Okay. 5,700, decent enough spot. Um, I don't have much John Collins, which we've outlined, or, or Draymond, which we've outlined. And I'm, I am a bit under the field on Rudy Gobert, but I don't say that because I don't think he's a good play. He looks solid. Hey, guys, have a great break. I'm going to go yes. snowboarding over the break, and I'm very much yeah. looking forward to that. No. Wouldn't go, wouldn't, would never go. I love it, man. Do it. I'll sit in the whatever the whatever the clubhouse version of a snowboarding place is. I love doing it. I love doing. I hate it. it. In the lot, you're talking about the lodge, yeah. Sure. Uh, I love it. I don't get hate to do it. it as much as I used to, though. It used to be whenever I wanted, you know. So yeah, it's life, brother. We'll get back to that. Look, if I they mean, would allow dog... me to use a tube, like on the same slope as everybody else, no. I'd be fine. You can... I can control that better than I can control skis and a snowboard. Yeah, but it's a lot more difficult to get off of that. Like you're just going to chop legs out. It... No, the moment I, if I know it's going to go wrong, I'm off of it and tumbling. If I'm on skis barreling down the hill, I am, I am in way less control than if I'm controlling an inner tube. You, it's you not even st- close because I can't ski. You can still just make yourself fall and yard sale it. How is that different than being on an inner tube? I don't even have to fall. I'm already down. Because, dude. I can drag inner, my feet. Because if you take someone out with an inner tube, you were set. Do you remember that? I hold will on, never on. be near someone to take them out. Do I'll you, see them coming from a mile away. Do you remember that viral video? I can't video? turn on skis. Do you remember the viral video, I think it was in Canada, of the guy reporting on like a snow tubing race and he didn't get out of the way? And no. Oh, dude, I'll have to send it to you. It flipped him like twice in the air, yeah. just flattens him. And then he's like laying on his back. He's like, that was a bad idea. I'm Dan signing off. from, And then he just goes and basically collapses. I'll have to send it to you. It's very good. Okay. But yeah. Um, Looking forward to that. I do half days. See, I'm not about going there for the whole day. I used to be. I'll go. I'll get there early, ride till like noon, go into the lodge, have a nice cold beer or two, and then drive home. It is great. Yeah. Give me give me a bourbon and I'll never be on the mountain. <laughs> give me a bourbon afterwards. I haven't gone skiing in 20 years. But maybe skied. maybe more. I've never maybe skied. More. I do snowboard. I broke skied. a rental ski the last time I went. Nice. Yeah. Either way. Try, I tried to go that? off a jump. <laughs> and snap. I I just I went off the I went off the ramp and I just tipped backwards and stuck the skis in the ground and broke one. So you had no idea what you were doing. No, that's why I'd be better on a tube, which I've used my entire life. Appreciate you there's guys no, hanging there's out. There's no sledding down here, man. We don't have hills. It is I dead know. flat. Have a great all-star break. Remember, Sims promo running through. By the way, Sims is every tool on the site. We call it the Sims package, but it's Sims plus every tool. Running through next Thursday, single sport, buy two months, get an entire month free. So you get two months, get an entire month free. NASCAR, PGA, whatever it is. I know the break's coming up, with, but with NBA, if you did that, you're getting to what? March, April, May? You're getting like you're in like the first round of the playoffs. If you do it for basketball, you're getting two majors. If you do it on the golf side. Uh, what other sport are we looking at? MMA, you're just getting it if that's what getting you're looking everything. for. Um, NASCAR, you're going to get it every single weekend. But yeah, you'll get two of them. You'll get the Masters and the PGA Championship. I believe that's the second. Uh, you'll get both of those majors included if you did it right now. 
and we have all the showdown sims and tools for uh for pga too so it's thursday yep. friday saturday and so either way check it out i think you guys will love it links in the description and chat appreciate it have a good uh next several days and we'll see you back here next thursday on the nba strategy show peace i'm free